game. Blouses. Gallant Chuck. Disaster. Afrogetti. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Ooh. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to another edition of the Post Game Pints podcast with myself, Mitch Gallo, and Sean Campbell, brought to you by LaBrosse Brewery and Cunningham's Pub. And Campbell, we bring you this podcast on a week where things are very busy in the world of sports. Yeah, I call this one Coast to Coast. You're on one side of this uh, continent. I'm on the other side of this continent. Uh, Just a little different, but there's a lot going down in the world of sports and uh i'm uh, really looking forward to getting to uh this episode of post game pints yeah we have uh the montreal canadians back in action after a week off the winter olympics in full flight and also the super bowl coming up this weekend so rapid fire editor headlines and pop quiz coming up we start with the rapid fire and the fact that the montreal canadians are back in action Sean, uh, Kent Hughes, the new general manager, has been making the round. So we asked to start. Actually, no, let's let, let's scrap that. It says here on the on the bottom that we're not going to start with the Canadians. We're going to start with the All-Star game of last weekend. Yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, discuss how uh, young NHL stars can be better marketed by the NHL. Yeah, I think, you know, you got to use that social media first. And the NHL did their best by trying to amplify Vegas and make Vegas, you know, the show. And I don't know if I was a big fan of the fountain and the, uh, you know, the the playing blackjack. Like, I'm watching that blackjack, and I know that's just, like, them trying to get the games. But they all got 21. I was like, well, you made it a little too easy. <laughs> These guys are so good. And then you had players like some of these young players who didn't even get a second shot just because a couple guys got two Kings. And I was like, this game sucks. So maybe their marketing for game sucks. Use the personalities that are out there. And we see it sometimes. Sometimes if you're a big personality, you can be sold, even though your skill sets isn't as high as your, you know, your, how good you are on camera, but you got to get the guys that are good on camera on camera. Not everybody is. And the players, even if you're amazing and you suck on camera, get them off camera. Like, amplify the social media, amplify, like, let them get a little loose on that. And I don't know, I feel like everybody's so careful and reserved. You have to take advantage when someone's, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, and and, and just let them go loose. I think it's like, it brings a little bit more entertainment. So I don't know, amplify the social media and the personalities that are that young age of the star players. And and then get them going. That's that's the way I look at it. They, it's it's the way to do it right now. And I feel the NHL is a little bit a step behind some of the other leagues. 
Yeah, uh, I, I agree with most of what you said. I think that uh, we are at a time where people love to complain. Uh, I'm, I'm a little tired of mm. people complaining about the NHL's marketing ability and the way they showcase uh, their young players. I, I, I think we are uh, going in the right direction. Just take a look at what Trevor Zegras did in that skills competition. Not just the move, but also showing the personality of the dodgeball reference with what he was wearing and putting yeah. on the blindfold while doing it. I thought that was fantastic. I, I, I like to try to look at the positives. You know, I just see so much snark uh, out there, and it, it, it kind of bothers me. And the NHL is constantly like a, a punching bag for people, and I, I really don't understand why. The, the league is great. The game is great. And certainly there's things that need to change and will change over time. But I like what I see from the younger players. And I had somebody ask me, all right, well, if, if the NHL has so much personality, which players showcase it? I'm like, uh, he's, and, and the person told me, tell me five. And I said, okay, easily, I, I'll tell you five. Uh, Trevor Zegras, Austin Matthews, Brad Marchand, Alex Ovechkin. Um, you know, there, there's, there's lots of guys that have personality in this league. Now, I, I do think from, from a bigger perspective of things, um, we have to encourage it when people do uh, display talent or display uh, their personalities because sometimes we want to shove it back in the box, and that's probably the mindset that you're kind of talking about, uh, restricting people, making mm -hmm. them feel like if they say or do something outlandish that they're no longer part of the team or they're cocky or uh, they feel like, uh, they're trying to separate from the group, and we always want to put everybody as part of the group. No one's bigger than the team, and I get uh, that. Um, Mitch, Mitch, just just on that on that point, the perfect example: Montreal saw it. PK Subban. Yeah, for sure. Montreal saw it uh, here with uh, PK Subban, and a lot of people would uh, lead you to believe that it's uh, it's one of the reasons why he was traded out of Montreal for uh, Shea Weber. Now, I don't I don't believe that to be the case, and sometimes there's. Uh, more than meets the eye. And I, I, I don't think people should just, you know, turn their back on, and I'm not saying PK did this, but uh, not want to be part of the team concept. I think that's important too when you're trying to uh, win a Stanley yeah. Cup. But also, you're able to be an individual among amongst the team. And I think that's something that's kind of uh, really not encouraged uh, right now in the league. But I think with some of the young guys, especially the ones I mentioned, like, the Austin Matthews and Trevor Zegerses of the world, the younger generation, mm -hmm. uh, the generation that grew up with Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all the other social media apps. I think they are going to be much more in tune to how to promote the league and themselves. I think people just have to be a little bit patient here. Yeah, just just on that note, before we get to our second topic here on the rapid fire on the post game Pines podcast, uh, is. You know, when I when I say that, I think about a guy like Austin Matthews, and I said PK Subban from Montreal. But as as much as you know, he has a personality, the way he dresses, the way he acts, the way he does things, he gets flack for that in Toronto. I should stick to just playing hockey. You know, the NHL has these personalities. Use them. Yeah, and 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 that's why I was saying instead of um, talking poorly about a player who does something like that, it needs to be encouraged. That's that's how yeah. we move forward. Uh, but again, Campbell, uh, I love the NHL, so I, I get annoyed when I see all the snark thrown its way. All right. The uh, second topic here on the rapid fire is what you want to start with because it was with the Canadians. All right. The Canadians are bad. What is the quickest path 
for them to be successful. How, what is the quickest way for this to happen? I know everybody mentions rebuild. Rebuild's not a quick path. That's taking time and starting from scratch. But do you think the Canadians can do this quicker or which would be the quickest way to do it? Yeah, see, I, I just, I, I don't really think uh, putting all your eggs in the draft in the top five, five years in a row basket is uh, the quickest path to, to, to success. And you see it takes a long time for a lot of these teams trying to do that. Uh, case in point, the Edmonton Oilers or the New Jersey Devils or even uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Buffalo Sabres. Anyways, there's lots of examples yeah. of teams that have not been able to win while trying to deploy the strategy of drafting in the top five every year. Now, if you're bad, be bad. Like that part I understand. I think uh, mm -hmm. being in no man's land in the middle of the pack not having a chance to make the playoffs, but not being at the bottom of the standings. I don't think that's where you want to be right now if you're the Canadians. But I think uh, you can survive and then build if you are bad for two years, but accumulate players uh, that maybe didn't work out uh, with their original teams for whatever reason, but you could kind of um, do some good scouting and pick them off before they reach their prime. Like, I think there's a lot of defensemen like that. I always believe that you have to have 250 games of NHL experience before you could really judge an NHL defenseman. And there was a bunch of these first-round picks that don't necessarily grab on quick with a team. You know, I think of Kratsov. His name has been out there uh, with the uh, New York Rangers playing in the KHL right now. He's a prime example. Like, those are guys that I'd be trying to target. Guys drafted high, uh, big-time mm -hmm. pedigree who didn't work with their first team. And if you're uh, picking up these guys under 22, you can hope that they find a home with your team and they can help build at the same time as the players that you are drafting in the top five. Then I think you have some nice pieces with, you know, I, I, I'd keep Toffoli around. I'd keep Anderson around. I don't think you have to trade absolutely everybody. So those are good players as well. And then, you know, who knows about uh, carry price in two to three years from now. Goaltending might uh, be an area you address in free agency, kind of like the Calgary yeah. Flames did with Jacob Markstrom, or there's uh, plenty of other examples. But, you know, long story short, Sean, I think the quickest path to success is finding guys under the age of 23 who haven't hit their prime but haven't worked out with their first team. You know, you, you mentioned those guys. I think of a guy like Sam Reinhart, right, and the way that he's been able to, in, in the right environment. Oh, yeah, that's a great example, Sean. How about Sam Bennett? Yeah, I, whichever way you want to look, I think it's the perfect example for for players like that. And I, I understand what you're saying, but with the with the question being quickest path for success for the Habs. So this year, you're bad, be bad, and you can go with the lottery percentages. the 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 best way is that this is going to be the first draft for the Habs, be it a first, second, third, or fourth. Right? That's pretty much where maybe fifth depends on where they finish. Right? So they are going to have a top five pick this year yep. in the draft. Mm -hmm. don't screw it up that's so the quickest path is don't screw up that okay don't screw up that the, the the second one is you have to take these next two months and take your time now but if you want it quick evaluate everybody on the roster the ones you want to keep like you mentioned to Foley Anderson I'm with you but there might be a couple other guys that everybody's like get rid of them get rid of them get rid of them but you look and you say no this is just this is an isolated year we're going to keep him because you've evaluated, you've done your own evaluation. So I think you have to make sure your evaluation of your own team right now, if you want the quickest path, is to make sure you don't miss on your own evaluation of your team. Because it's hard to judge the Canadians right now with the way that they're playing. 
And, and, and something else? You want the quickest path Sean, to success? On. Can I just stop you on that point? Yeah. Is, is, there, is there somebody you have in mind when you say that? I, there's, there's a couple because of contracts, you know, and I understand where Petrie is right now because I have been holding off and I've kind of passed that one. Uh, Gallagher's one. I, like Gallagher's a guy that I just never want to give up on because I don't think he'll yeah. ever give up on you. And I think Gallagher is a perfect guy that everyone's like, oh, you got to move on. But, but, but Gallagher might surprise you with three more seasons of 30 goals because that's the kind of player he is. So, I mean, that's the evaluation you have to have. You have to go risk reward for money, injury, all that. I get that, okay? The, the last thing, if you want the quickest path, right? If you want the quickest, Carey Price has to play and he has to be good. Like, to me, if you want the quickest path is the return of Carey Price. Next, finish this year, do whatever you want, but he has to be carry price next year, and then that'll that'll boost you from where you are to whatever you're doing. And then the evaluations, free agency, blah blah. blah. You could you could go and change your roster and trades. Don't miss a trade. Get good free agents. I get it, but that's the quickest path, and the Canadians can do that. But I don't know if Ken Hughes and 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 um, Jeff Gordon that's what they want to do. But to me, self evaluation of your team. Don't miss your top five pick, and carry price returning if you want the quickest path. To success, perhaps. Yeah, and uh, the last one, I don't really know if it's a path, Sean, because there's a lot of unknown on that mm -hmm. path. Like I'm imagining in my head a path, and in front of me is is darkness. So I don't know oh, if yeah. it's going to lead. I, I don't know if it's going to lead to light it, with it, the carry price. It, it, you you keep thinking it's going down. At some point, it's going to turn up this this path for the Canadians, and then <laughs> then then they play the Devils, and it just goes down. I when's it, when's it gonna end? I just, uh, I just hope it's not uh, walking directly off a cliff that we can't see in front of us. All right, uh, All final right. one on the uh, rapid fire here on the post game points podcast. Uh, Sean, uh, Winter Olympics in full flight. Um, I don't know how much you've been able to catch so far, but mm -hmm. I want to talk about which Olympic sports we find most entertaining, and of course, we have to exclude hockey. Yeah. Um, and almost on that point, like I love, I love short tracks, speed skating, just cause he's got the checking the, the shoulders and then, but then you get into these guys get bumped and then the judges come in, man, when, when there's judges, it, it gets me. I, I just don't like judge sports. That's not something that I, that I really enjoy. Um, I've always been a huge fan of cross country skiing. I, I, I did cross it. Cross country kid. skiing. I love it, man. To and watch I just it. Love, yeah. Yeah, I okay. watch it and I enjoy it. You get into the biathlon, and I mean, like, I don't know, I've never shot a gun, but it's such a weird and awkward sport. I'm like, then you know, I'll, I'll sit down and it's on. I'm like, I'm in. And then every time I've it's ever been on, I just keep watching that. And like the ski jump is crazy, just how high those guys go. I'm like, what are you doing? And I've and I, I know I'm listing off a bunch, but I was snowboarder too. Um, so when I see like you know, I I I see the half pipe is okay but i like when they do like the, the the rails and the and the you know the kind of the the course there whatever it's called the, the slalom i like that so i'm those are the ones that I, that always draw me in but the winter olympics it's almost anything i can watch but to me cross-country skiing's always got me it's something same thing with the summer i i'm a guy that watches long distance running at the summer olympics I enjoy the sport. I like the mentality of it. I like seeing how the strategy works for them. So for me, I, I know it's weird, but I, I like cross-country skiing. That's all right. Uh, everyone has uh, their own things mm -hmm. that they enjoy. Uh, I have to say, uh, Sean, I like the topic because I enjoy the Winter Olympics so, so, so much more 
Uh, mm-hmm. And I enjoy the uh, Summer Olympics. And I'm with you. Uh, my pick <clears throat> is probably uh, snowboarding. Look, I grew up listening to uh, punk rock uh, music and watching all those uh, skate and surf yeah. and snowboard videos. So it's just uh, it's just kind of in me. Uh, to oh, I played that game. Did you, did you play that? I think it was on N64. 180 snowboarding. 180. 1080. 1080. Yeah, 1080. that's right. 1080. 1080. 1080. Oh yeah, 1080 snowboarding. That game was phenomenal. And it, it's funny. 1080 was a, a big deal at the time. Now all of them are able oh. to pull off a 1080 at the Olympics, yeah. no problem. But back then it was like, oh my god, this yeah, has I never know. been done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, snowboarding was a was a newer sport. That I love that game, Sean. Maybe that's why uh, as well that I enjoy snowboarding. Uh, and then I'll go off the uh, board and I'll say. Don't laugh at me. I have a soft spot for figure skating. I know that uh, judge sport. I know you said judge sports. And look, I also know the history of it, especially in this country and yeah. uh, the corruption uh, that we've seen uh, in, in the figure skating judging. Uh, but just watch, especially the, uh, the pairs, uh, the, the solo stuff, I could take it or leave it, but the pair stuff, mm. some of the things they're able to do, I am mm. just, shocked and off flabbergasted like just watch with my uh jaw dropped thinking how do they throw each other in the air so high and pull these moves and land perfectly on the ice it's just and 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 i love i love music too so it's just to me beautiful performance and uh, i enjoy figure skating yeah i think it's just because you see someone skate well and it's something that you always wish you could do (laughs) no doubt about that i'm so choppy yeah, yeah, no, that's that's all right. But I judge sports just get me, and and I know that there's this whole corruption now, right? There's like six Russian skaters that are in under investigation. There's something legal. Canada might win a medal now. Ah, Russia. They're like, we could get away with it in, in in figure skating. Russia, Russia, and in, in, in the women's hockey yeah. didn't want to show their COVID results, and Team Canada had to wear the the N95 mask during their game. After it was delayed, and then after not wanting to show the results, six players tested positive on Russia the next day. Like this, like this, uh, this ROC, the Russian Olympic Committee, yeah. that already has been stripped of their name in the Olympics, yeah. has been a disaster. And I think uh, you know what they're going to have to uh, look at maybe removing uh, Russia for a couple of Olympics to really um, show 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 some uh, show show discipline. Or show that they want to discipline the uh, the Russians uh, for not abiding by rules time in and time yeah. uh, time time and time again. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, and if you have a favorite Olympic sport that's not hockey, uh, comment below or uh, tweet us directly if you want at Mitch Y Gallon, Sean R Campbell. Uh, check us out on Post Game Pints on Facebook and everywhere in this world of social media. We are there. Uh, are we ready for uh, one of our favorite segments, Mitch Gallo? Yes, let's go. Oh, I like this. Good old school. And we have to bring in Dave at Trantidoué, Mr. 32. How you doing, Dave? Hello, guys. I'm doing great. Good night. Great to see you guys. All right. That means we. it's time for editor headlines. Oh, nice see? <sighs> Am I wearing? I'm just seeing him. Am I wearing my? No. I'm wearing my, I'm wearing my uh, one Angry Monkey. Shout out to uh, Justin at Angry Monkey, and uh, my Cesaro shirt underneath. 
So Campbell, I'm gonna have to, don't don't nice. don't you love how Dave has a a, a golden microphone? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is mm-hmm. like you brought up 1080. 1080 was on yeah. Nintendo 64. Um, the James Bond game was also on Nintendo 64, yes. and it was all Goldeneye. about uh, finding that golden gun. Yeah. Right, and in the four-player multiplayer, Damn you right. wanted to find that golden gun. Dave's got the golden mic. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if he's got the golden answers to I'm our uh, editor headlines. Uh, the stories are out there. We we don't write the stories. We just write the headlines. And uh, Mitch, you get to start us off. All right, I'll start us off. And Sean, I have to say I have a theme. It's all Super Bowl for me. Super oh, okay, Bowl good, is because I have no Super Bowl. So I have only Super Bowl <laughs> headlines today. So All my right. first one uh, goes to uh, the guy that I might put a dollar or two at uh, Bet Online to win Super Bowl MVP, and mm-hmm. that would be Rams receiver Cooper Cup. Yeah, very, uh, very oh. good name. Very good name for editor headlines. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal my thunder. <laughs> uh, so if he wins a Super Bowl MVP, Sean, my headline will read: Two awards, one cup. I like it. Certain generation of internet goers definitely understand that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to start with the uh, Montreal Canadiens and uh, their return to action, thinking that a week off, uh, things would uh, would change from being in the basement. And then they played the New Jersey Devils and nothing, nothing, nothing changed. So my headline reads, hellish season continues with loss to Devils. I like it. I don't know. I I didn't know if I was going to make it. A little, uh, <laughs> little long there, Sean, by your standards. I That's know true. You don't the other like ones the are long short. ones. Hey, yeah. All right. Uh, my uh, second headline, uh, Sean, has to do with uh, if the Cincinnati Bengals uh, were to uh, win the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. I think uh, if if they uh, are going to win the Super Bowl, they're going to need Mixon uh, to be key because we know how good that uh, defense of the L.A. Rams is. Uh, so my headline reads, Bengals will be mixing things up. That was a, that was a oh, borderline one. Wow, I liked that Dave, generous. I like that enough. Generous, Dave. Very <laughs> generous. That was uh, – that wouldn't pass mine. That wouldn't pass mine. All right. Uh, Tuka Rask might be done, right? And I know that uh, like it, yep. Coach Cassidy was asked. Uh, about Tuka Rask, and he's like, "Whoa, I don't, I, no comment, no comment." So, uh, you know, they were trying to get to the end of the story of what's happening with Tuka Rask, who came back with the Bruins and not coming back with the Bruins. So, my headline reads: "Don't Rask, don't tell." <laughs> I like that one. I like. <laughs> it's the best one so far, I think. Best one so like far. It. Oh, let's see if yeah. I could uh, top it. Uh, my uh, third uh, headline, uh, guys, the. Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL, no doubt about it, right? Jamar Chase of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So what a way to cap off a rookie season with a Super Bowl, right? If if Cincinnati uh, were to win this uh, big game, so my headline reads, Rookie Chasing Super Bowl. It's too similar to the the last one. (laughs) Going all Super Bowl, eh? All right. All Super Bowl. What are we doing? We're we doing three or five. I have five. Okay, because I have <laughs> three. You have three? <laughs> uh, 
Maybe I'll win because you only have two right. <laughs> I'm two for two. All right. Uh, my third one is uh, Brad Brad Marchand, uh, of course, uh, mixing it up uh, with uh, Tristan Jari <laughs> the other day. So, of course, you know, he's, it's discipline. It, I'll take that as a point. I have three points now. Uh, and uh, so he's he's going to see the Department of Player Safety. He gave him a little shot out of nowhere and then sticked him in the face. So uh, my headline reads, bad, Marchand. Bad. <laughs> I like that one too. Yeah, that was good. All right, so that's All four right, points. So, I have. Uh, you only have two. A little, yeah. little bit of a comeback here uh, needed uh, yeah. by me, uh, guys. So uh, let's uh, take a quick poll here, uh, and 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 okay. be honest. Don't don't just try to play devil's advocate, okay, Dave? I know you like to do that sometimes, but be honest. <laughs> Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl, Sean? Rams. Dave. R- Rams. I think the Rams too. So my next headline reads: Cincinnati on. Burrowed time. Mm. See, I had I had another one for the Super Bowl. By the way, and... guys, uh, th- th- thanks for uh, nobody saying Bengals and messing up my setup. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We didn't want to, you know, if the Bengals screw it up, it would be, you know, Cincinnati bungled it. No, that's fine. Nah. You don't need to give me that one. But uh, because it's the Rams are going to win. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. You know. Because, you know, there's a lot of famous newspapers out Oh, we got a little freeze frame here, Dave. Yeah. There. yeah. Sorry. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. It, it's LA's time. Oh, I see. I see. We missed that because you were frozen. Uh, so, because you were frozen, <laughs> we didn't really hear it. All right, that was that was my last one. That was my last one. Go ahead, finish Ca- it up. Ca- yeah. Campbell got screwed by uh, technology there. It was it was bad, anyways. <laughs> All right, I have uh, one more uh, one more Cincinnati uh, Bengals um, headline to get through here is uh, in my fifth and final one. Campbell likes when I include uh, music. I think uh, Boyd is also going to be big in the game plan uh, for the Bengals uh, this weekend. So my headline reads, Boyd to be wild. Dave doesn't like music. I don't understand music, so I don't don't know. I'll give the uh, the win to Campbell here on this one, who's, I think, frozen. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Oh, boy. I, I did hear Boyd to be wild. I like that, by the way. I did you liked that. it, Dave didn't, because he doesn't get music. Damn it. Oh, I I got it. I, I gave you a thumbs up on that one. And Campbell's a harsher judge, usually. All right. Thank you, Campbell. Yeah. And uh, thank right. you to everybody who uh, was able to uh, bear through my uh, vocals on the uh, Born to be Wild for Boyd uh, to be wild. All right, Campbell, uh, it's time for the uh, pop quiz. Of course, so we can uh, phone Dave for some help if we need yes. Uh, I will ask you uh, the question first, if that's okay. Let's get right to it. Um, sure. This week. No problem. Yes. This mm-hmm. week, uh, Alex Petrangelo of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, picked up his 500th point in the NHL. Only four active defensemen got to 500 points in fewer games than Petrangelo's 844. 
So I would like to know the four defensemen to get to 500 games, 500 uh, points quicker. Straightforward enough? Quicker. Yes. So he did it in 844. Yes. Um, four active defensemen did it mm -hmm. quicker. Brent Burns. Brent Burns not on the list. Mm. Uh, Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith not on the list. Mm. Uh, Chera. Nope. I don't think so. No, I didn't. That was just uh, Carlson. Which one? Eric. Well, they're both on the list, so I'll give you two for one there. <laughs> well, well, then when uh, you said which one, I was going to go John, because then when you said which one, I realized John Carlson's probably on the list. So yeah, then uh, so, uh, Eric and John. Uh, Eric I was going to say John right after. Eric Carlson, actually the uh, quickest at uh, 613. Okay. Think about that, man. 613 games as a defenseman to get to 500 points. Uh, Carlson, uh, John Carlson needed uh, 783. Okay. So now uh, Victor Hedman. Hedman needed seven hundred and ninety. Yeah, Hedman was always on my list. I was just going to get there. So I need one more active defenseman who got to five hundred points quicker than Alex Petrangelo. Um, Drew Doughty. It's a good guess, but uh, incorrect. No. Okay. Um, 500 is still a lot, so I need someone that's gotten a lot of points. It's a good player, Campbell. Uh, pardon? Um, it's a good player. I'll give you uh, two okay. clues here. Okay. Okay. Two clues. You like him a lot, mm -hmm. and watch out here because we're not necessarily talking about age; we're talking about games played. This player got hurt quite a bit. So games played. Hurt, point producer. Eric, Aaron Ek, Ekblad. Nope. No. Because I do like him. Um, no, you like this player more than you like Ekblad. Okay. So I'm, I'm zoning out on somebody that I'm not thinking of, right? Maybe you should phone a friend. Yeah, Dave, can I, can I phone a friend on this one? I'm trying to think. Who do I like? That's got it injured. That's games played and points. Someone that I like, defenseman Dave. Uh, the someone who was injured a lot. <laughs> the uh, someone who was injured a lot helped me out. I think I'm going to guess Chris Letang. Oh, Chris, Chris Letang. Chris Letang. Chris Le Letang. Chris Letang. <laughs> it is. Sorry. The correct answer. Uh, Chris yeah, yeah, Letang. Okay. Once I seven hundred and fifty-three games. I I thought of it before he said anything. That was that wasn't phone a friend. That was me. That was me. I'm 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 not I'm not wrong that you like him a lot, right? You've always been a big supporter of Chris Letang. All right, you ready for yours? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, so I did some math, and uh, Nick Suzuki is leading the Canadians in scoring, and prorated, he's on pace for 49 points this year. I want you to name 
And I went all the way back to 1949. You don't need to name that guy. Uh, but <laughs> since 1950, six Montreal Canadiens players have led the team in scoring with less than 50 points. Six Montreal Canadiens players have led the team with less than 50 points since 1950. I'm letting you know, they're all of your generation watching hockey. You don't have to think about someone in the 70s or 60s or 80s. Okay? Yeah. Um, so six Montreal Canadiens players have led the team in scoring with less than 50 points. Now, remember how I phrased that question, too. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Uh, Yannick Perot. Incorrect. He had 56. He had 56. I thought that was the lowest. Yeah. Can, can, how, how'd you word the question? Less than 50 points. Less than 50 points. That led the team. Okay. He led the team in scoring uh, with 56 points. But, yeah, someone led with less. Okay, I, I see. There's, no, there's, 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 a, there's a play here. There was a couple of freaking uh, shortened seasons. <sighs> there's a shortened season because of uh, COVID. So who led the Canadians in scoring in 2020? Uh, so that would have been Thomas. Yeah, Tatar. they played 70 games that year. Yeah, but they, he had over 60 points. He had over 60. Okay. So, uh, who led the Canadians in scoring when they played 56 games? Uh, Placanitz. Placanitz's lowest was 57 leading the team. 57. All right. So, uh, what Koivu have in, uh, so, uh, Koivu? Koivu in 2001 had 47 points. He was tied with someone. You need to get that guy too. Uh, Zednik? No. Um, 2000. There's one guy you really like. There's one guy that you've always liked that led the team in scoring one year. Uh, one guy led the team in scoring a couple times, but he just did it with, he did it twice. Uh, and you're missing two of the more recent guys, I guess. Patchetti. Patchetti did in 2013 with 39 points that shortened season. So that is one. So you got two of them. Patchetti uh, and Gianta uh, is incorrect. Who led the Canadians in scoring during the strike season? So it. Uh, uh, the, yeah, the strike Carbo? season. That's one. Carbonell. No. Bellows. Uh, no. 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 Muller? He was a he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Been on a bunch of different teams. A Hall of Famer on a bunch of teams played with the Canadians in I'm the... pretty sure it's in the Hall of Fame. You caught me saying Muller, right? Yes. Okay. Hall of Famer. Played uh, on Savard? No. Played on uh Boston, Philly, uh Mark where else did he go? Yeah, Mark, Mark Recchi. Recchi. He did twice. In 95, he had 43 points. In 99, he had 47 points. So you have Recchi, Koivu, and Atcheretti. You're missing someone that's on the team now, and you're missing the guy tied with Koivu, and you're missing a guy that you like. Somebody on the team now. Oh, so who led the Canadians in scoring last year, the 56-game season, uh, Toffoli? Yes, you got it. All right, so then one guy that I know that you like, he led the team 
in scoring in 2000 with 49 points. And in 2001, someone tied with Koivu. Uh, he is pr probably one of the best alumni players the Canadians have ever had. <laughs> alumni players. Now, now you're throwing me off. Uh, yeah. Riche? He's, he's still good on. Uh, no, it's not Riche. Smaller. He's still uh, Patrick Poulet. Okay, but no, good. Igor Ulanov. Right country. Right country. Right country. Uh, hmm. I'm, I'm going to call Dave. Uh, Dave? Okay, there's two answers left. One you should get because it's your player you like. And this is a guy that same country as Igor Ulanov tied Jan in Bullis. 2001. No, Jan Bullis. I'm I'm gonna go. I I thought Oleg Petrov had the record for lowest points for Habs. Oh, Oleg Petrov, forty-seven. You got it. He tied with Koivu in two thousand one. Uh, so there you go. So you're missing one player on this list, Gallo, and it's a player I know you like. He led the team in scoring in nine in two thousand with forty-nine points. And this is the one I liked. Valerie you Beret. Like this you're like one of the few people that like, no, I think it's more of a heritage thing for you. Slovak player to play for the Canadians. Marcel Hosa? I think he's Slovak, but I no, but I know you like him. He may not be Slovak, but I know you like him. Marcel Hosa? Maybe Slovak. No. Marcel Hosa never led the Canadian scoring. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about Slovak players from that era. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's not a lot of points, Sean. 49. No, no, but I know, but he was he was a good player that I know you liked him. You you've always said you liked him. Uh he was part of the big deal that you know everybody hates with the Canadians. Oh. There you go. That's oh, there's I know your clue. It is. It's um uh, uh what's his name? It's it's on the tip I, of my tongue. For some reason I keep wanting to say uh Hanzus, but it's not Hanzus, it's something like that. Uh, Dave? I, Dave, I another former friend. Martin no, it's not Ruchinsky. Oh, it is? It uh, is who was I thinking of then? Kovalenko, I don't know, you like Ruchinsky, don't trade. you? Yeah, Ruchinsky's fine, but I thought you're... Uh, who's the player they got for Where's Ricky? he from, anyways? Yeah. Zubrus is the guy they got for Ricky. Zubrus is... That's, that's what I said. Not Hanzus. Zubrus. Um, <laughs> Ruchinsky yeah. is Czech Republic. Who's, he's Czech. He's Czech. He's from yeah. The Czech. yeah, but I know you still like him. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, all right. There you go. That was a hard one, but... Yeah. Toffoli, by the way, is on pace for 52 points this year. He's so on. He's, he's lower on points list. than Suzuki. Yeah. No. No. But, but he's like Suzuki's on pace for forty nine, but Foley's on pace for fifty two because he plays last games. Anyways. Right. All right. I like that one. Anyways. That was tough. Yeah, I like to challenge you, and I got Latang by the way. Uh, sorry for cutting out there. It was you know I'm on the road, but nonetheless we we made it through this episode of Post Game Pines. What are they yeah, supposed to do, Gallo? Yeah, that's the way to look at it. Uh, Sean, as always, uh, click, listen, and subscribe. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you from your actual home with some good Wi-Fi next week on Wednesday when we release the next Post Game Pints podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, once again, click, listen, and smash that subscribe button. Well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. Awesome! No, no.